turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Pick your scandal. Yeah, we have a bunch of them for you today. Where would you like to start? How about, uh, well, none of them will affect your life in any way, first of all, but uh, they're big news today. How about the Prince and the Duchess, Harry and Meghan? They want out of the U.K. and they want to come to the U.S., but according to the Duchess, who seems to be in the middle of all this, I don't know, uh, they don't want to live here in the United States if Donald Trump is president. Uh, her, her making that known uh, just made it a little more likely that Donald Trump will be president for five more years instead of one. Uh, she's going to go to Canada and stay there until Donald Trump is gone. So let's everybody get out and make sure that uh, Donald Trump is president. The Queen is upset, and apparently Meghan and Harry will live in Canada. And since Meghan is a woman of color, the race card is, of course, being played. She wasn't accepted by the British and British citizens, is what we're hearing, even though zillions showed up for their wedding and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, let's make sure we elect someone they hate in 2024, which will keep them up there in Canada for, I don't know, another five years or so. And uh, then there are the Academy Awards. It's about uh, movies, you know, so awards uh, for who did a really nice job of acting, directing, producing, editing, none of which really matters to anybody. Uh, if you really think about it, who doesn't work in the movie industry, I mean, how much does it matter to you, really? But when the nominations are announced, uh, you would think that the fate of human civilization is hanging on who gets picked just for the nominees. Forget who wins the award. And then we do get the Academy Awards in a couple of months, and everybody who wins is treated like they cured cancer. The people who win the Oscar for, you know, best sound editing give a long speech, and everybody's near tears. They're just so thrilled that they they won, and it's such an important thing. It's really pretty nauseating, actually. But the scandal right now is that there is, was not a woman nominated for best director. So now that kind of gets us into politics, doesn't it? Sort of like it was, I think it was just last year when there were uh, too many white winners. So you can't just have an award ceremony now. You have to count how many people in each identified group wins. And so you have to spread it out and make sure that, you know, whatever percentage of the population that that certain group represents is also represented equally in the Academy Awards. That's what you have going on there. Um, and um, Little Women did not, the woman who directed Little Women did not get nominated for an Academy Award, and I think everybody is scandalized over that. I think it was a couple of weeks ago that there was, <laughs> there was a scandal that, for some strange reason, uh, like people were having trouble figuring it out, men weren't going to see Little Women, the movie. They just, they couldn't figure it out, you know? Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, how about a big, juicy sports scandal? Uh, and this is about as big as it gets. I mean, this is a biggie. And this gets us into the uh, the Boston, uh, the, I'm sorry, the, the Chicago Black Sox territory. It's only sports, again, but it goes beyond sports because we're talking about a multi-billion dollar government subsidized business. That would be Major League Baseball. This is a this is a pretty big deal. The Astros fired their general manager and their manager for using cameras to steal signs in 2017 when they won the World Series. That's cheating. They got fired for cheating. Now, first, Major League Baseball suspended them for a year, and uh, because of this, and they they fined the Astros five million dollars and took away their first and second round draft picks. Uh, that's big. That's a big. Big, juicy sports scandal. I mean, your sport is in trouble when the paying customers, the fans, 
can't be confident that the game is on the up and up. That's why the Black Sox scandal was such a big deal and why Pete Rose was banned forever from baseball because he was caught betting and admitted to having bet on baseball. So that's a biggie. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to deal with some major stupidity in New York. They're letting criminals out of jail without bail. What could go wrong there? Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling, not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. What is it costing you in vet bills for that convenience of just pulling open a bag of formulated, extruded, processed cereal bits? That costs a ton of money anyways. How do you feed your dog to derive not only energy, but a good coat, bright eyes, and a great attitude? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I found his raw meat diet on Dynavite.com. With just the raw meat and the eggs and the Dynavite and the Super Omega on top of it. Try Super Omega fish oil. Buy two. Get one free. Ground beef, white rice, um, eggs, including the shells, and the Dynavite supplement, and then a Lico Chop. Try Lico Chops. Buy two. Get one free. It just balances out his body and his mind and his spirit. Adding Dynavite to their diet has every single dog in my kennel looking better than they have ever looked. Their skin is so much better now that they're on the raw diet, I don't even give them the kibble anymore. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, out on the West Coast, in the cities in California, many of them, uh, not all of them, um, the major cities, uh, you can find, you're much more likely to find poop on the streets uh, than you were a few years ago. Uh, they're trying to fix that, or at least they say they are. They're not doing a very good job of fixing that. 
And apparently over here, uh, closer to our uh, neck of the woods, on the East Coast, up there in New York City and in New Jersey, uh, it's looks, looking like it's going to be more likely that you're going to be able to find criminals on the streets. Uh, there's a bill called the 2020 Bail Reforms Bill. Rafael Manguel is the legal policy expert at the Manhattan Institute. He's written about this and compared it to what they're doing over there in New Jersey. Uh, and he joins us now. Rafael, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, John. So uh, thanks for coming back. We've had you on a couple of times. And you're, all, you're our man for uh, prisons and all that kind of stuff. Bail. I appreciate it. Uh, what is the uh, 2020 Bail Reforms Bill? That's in New York so City, 20- right? It's a, so it's in New York State, actually, as a whole. Oh, state, okay. Um, so it's a statewide initiative, and it, it's interesting because it wasn't really its own bill. It didn't go through the normal legislative process as, you know, a sole piece of legislation that was sort of openly debated um, and contested, etc. It was actually jammed through through the New York State budget process. Um, so there were a bunch of criminal justice reforms buried in the budget bill, um, that included a bail reform initiative that practically eliminated um, cash bail as an option for judges for a whole host of really serious felony offenses. Um, now, a, a good chunk of the violent felonies are still uh, violent felony defendants are still eligible for cash bail, um, but even when they are, the new bill requires those bail amounts to be affordable. Um, to those defendants so that they can have a real shot at, at securing releases, which has led to, in just the first couple weeks of the year, lots of really kind of, you know, shock and awe-inspiring incidents of, of pretty uh, hardened criminals who were accused of some pretty heinous offenses being let right back out on the street shortly after their arrests. Oh, so if I'm, a, if I'm a, uh, a drug dealer and I'm doing pretty well at it, it's a good chance that I have garbage bags full of cash laying around. So if if I get arrested, um, I uh, paying cash may sound like a uh, to everybody like, well, that's the way to do it, make them pay cash. But if I'm a rich criminal and because I've been very successful at it, that gives me an advantage over the poor criminal, doesn't it? Uh, who can't that come up would. with the cash? So that was one of the big sort of critiques of the cash bail system was that, you know, you could have these situations where you've got, you know, a a really dangerous but well-off defendant who can afford to pay almost any amount of bail, um, and that person would end up securing a release, whereas you can have uh, a not-so-dangerous poor defendant with a low amount of bail that they can't afford, and then they end up spending a significant amount of time behind bars pre-trial. Now, those cases are rare. Um, but they did happen, and that was really the impetus for the reform. Um, the problem is, is that there are multiple ways to address that that kind of issue with the bail system, and unfortunately, the Democrats in the state of New York chose to do it in a way that basically flooded the streets with criminals. Now, what they could have done is what New Jersey did, um, which is to give judges the option to uh, remand people to pretrial detention um, on the basis of the risk that they pose to public safety, which would take their financial ability to pay totally out of the question. So, you know, to those who say, well, it's sort of unfair to, you know, incarcerate a, 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 you know, poor but not dangerous defendant while you're allowing a a dangerous but rich defendant to secure their releases, you know, they they really did kind of leave a, a very obvious option on the table. And I think they did that because, you know, at the core, or, um, this bill was really pushed by decarceration advocates who want to drastically reduce the instances of incarceration across the board, um, irrespective of whether that leads to dangerous criminals uh, returning to the streets. There are actually people out there running around being taken seriously by some uh, who are in the Democrat Party, most of them, um, some of them running for office, if not already in office, who are running around saying, oh, we just get just just get rid of this whole idea of, you know, prisons. It's not not very nice in there, and, you know, the food's not that good, and and uh, the beds aren't that comfortable. I mean, why don't we just forget the whole idea? And and is this like, a, as you're saying, as like an offshoot of that? Like somebody is a first step toward that? I, I think, you know, they, they are sort of part and parcel of the same movement, at least increasingly so. I mean, prison abolition is still a pretty, you know, sort of, extreme minority held position, but it is significantly more popular um, than it probably was even 10 years ago. And I don't think 10 years ago we would have expected to get to a point where mainstream politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez were openly 
um, sort of, uh, you know, championing the idea of, of prison abolition. I mean, that would have been, you know, a sort of political death wish. Um, it no longer ha- leaves that kind of bad taste in the, in the mouths of progressive voters, which I think is really just speaks to a, a sort of sea change um, when it comes to how we discuss criminal justice. I mean, and, and there are lesser versions of this that are, that are you know, just as troubling, um, but also much more popular. I mean, there's the, the, the Cut 50 initiative, which is a... Uh, a movement to reduce the prison population by half across the board. Um, you know, I've been pretty critical of, of you know, setting that kind of numerical goal because it, it, it would, the only way to achieve it is to release significantly, uh, significant amounts of very dangerous criminals who we know are going to go on to reoffend at some point, right? I think that's one of the main concerns about the bail reform initiative here in New York is that you've got already so many instances in which people who've been released have been rearrested on new charges um shortly after uh being let out and and, and you know in the minds of of your average everyday sort of voter and layperson these are definitionally avoidable offenses yeah and i think we had you on a couple of months ago and uh you we talked i think about the recidivism res, you know what the word i'm having trouble with the word yes, recidivism, uh, yeah. recidivism. <laughs> um they they um the 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 percentage of people who no matter what how nice you are to them when they're in there and how how nice you are in deciding to let them go, they end up coming back. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, we know that nationally about 83% of state prisoners are going to get uh, rearrested for a new offense at least once after they're released from prison. Um, we know nationally that more than a third of violent felons um, commit their offenses with an active criminal justice status, which is that they commit their offenses when they're either on probation, out on parole, or out on bail. Um, for bail, that number is about 12% nationally. Um, but given that there's significant variation uh, between and among the states between how they, they go about um, pretrial detention, my guess is is that that percentage is probably higher in systems that mirror those like what New York just adopted, where um, you know, judges don't have the ability to remand defendants uh, to pretrial detention based on the risk that they pose to public safety. So, you know, it's really interesting because in New York, um, there has been a huge backlash against this. I don't think that the voters, partly because this was sort of jammed to the budget process and not very public, um, I think the voters have just kind of really recoiled at um, all these news stories about criminals sort of finding their way out. And, and so there's a pretty unique opportunity here, I think, to reform the reform. Um, and so... You know, when people ask me, you know, what what might fixing things look like, you know, trying to be realistic and and assuming that, you know, the the Democrats in power are not going to totally repeal what they just did. Um, There are some some fixes that I think we can adopt. And and one of the places we can look um, to is is New Jersey, which not only gave judges the power to remand uh, defendants who are dangerous to pretrial detention, but it also gave them the power to revoke releases um, in many more instances when, when defendants are rearrested, right? So if someone is initially released um, pretrial, whether on their own recognizance or on, you know, electronic monitoring, and they commit a new offense, that judge in New Jersey then has the power to revoke their release and remand them to jail um, for the remainder of the time that they're um, case is pending. Um, now that is that that time is 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 subject to a, a, a speedy trial limitation, which is one of those things I think New York ought to really think carefully about because there is a, a genuine tension right between the idea that defendants are presumed innocent and long periods of pretrial detention, and I do think that uh, you know a, a, a bail system that works well will keep that uh, time of pretrial detention as short as humanly possible. And that's always just really a matter of funding. There are very few instances in which it, you'll hear conservatives sort of say that the solution to a particular public policy problem is funding. Um, but this really is one of those cases where it's really just a matter of resources. Our system um, currently just does not have the capacity to move these cases through any faster, which is really what's at the core of this problem. It's why people are spending so much time behind bars pre-trial. Um, and if we just dedicated more resources to this obviously core government function, perhaps by diverting them from some of the other things that we spend on irresponsibly, um, it might actually produce some, some significantly better results. Of course, if you are a member of the crime-committing community, uh, it might be a good idea to, you know, not go to prison in the first place or not do something that would 
get you put in there. Um, That's but, exactly right. Yeah, that, that might be a good idea. But um, so, uh, I mean, if I commit a crime in New York State, and specifically in this case, New York City, um, how much of what my um, chances of getting out on bail? How much of that depends on whether I, which judge happens to uh, get my case? Is there a great deal of variation depending on whether you get a hanging judge or not? Not anymore. Um, so really, um, what the New York State Bail Reform Initiative did was take a lot of the discretion out of the hands of judges. Um, so such that you know, by, by saying that the vast majority of cases, all misdemeanors and, and a huge chunk of, of felonies are no longer going to be eligible for bail, um, the decision, uh, the, the scope of cases in which judges' decisions um, might vary is much smaller now than it used to be. Um, so I think we could, uh, by restoring that discretion where judges are actually going, you know, as they do in New Jersey, use a risk assessment tool to to place a risk score on the defendant, you might see some more variation where New York State Democrats to opt for that kind of reform. But as things stand now, um, the new reform has basically taken all of that discretion away. So um, we're talking to Rafael Manguel. We have a few minutes left here. He's a legal policy expert at the Manhattan Institute. So if I'm uh, a member of the crime-committing community in, um, in Pennsylvania, um, would I be better off to travel to New York or New Jersey to commit a crime um, I mean, is it is it is it better for criminals there right now? Oh, for in in New York, when it comes to pretrial detention, I would say yeah, there there are very few jurisdictions um, where you have as high a likelihood of being released pretrial at this point um, than New York State. So uh, if if what you're worried about is is pretrial detention, then certainly the transaction costs of criminal activity are going to be lower here in New York than in, than in a lot of other places around the country, which is really problematic. Now, you know, what remains to be seen is, is how this is going to affect overall conviction rates. Um, and, and there are some other reforms that were adopted during uh, the same budget process that not too many people are, are talking about, but which I've also written about. One of those is, is discovery reform, which is going to require prosecutors to turn over um, all the evidence that they have um, within 15 days of indictment, which is a, a pretty onerous um, requirement that is a significant departure from what the old system did. And so we're already starting to see um, instances in which prosecutors in the state are, are triaging cases where they're opting not to indict somebody that they plan to indict because they just don't have the, the bandwidth to comply with the 15-day requirement. And so what they're doing is they're sort of shelving these indictments uh, until they can get everything that they need to get together, nice. which is... Yeah, it's re it's really going to be um, a multifaceted issue, and as some of these other reforms kind of take effect, I think New Yorkers are, are going to continue to be unpleasantly surprised. So we should encourage, if you're listening out there and you're a member of the local crime committing community, uh, go to New York or New Jersey, <laughs> because you're gonna, things might be better for you there. Um, yeah. you, you, you write uh, in your piece, we only have about a minute and a half left, just two weeks after its official rollout, the early reviews for New York State's bail reform initiative are in, and they rival those of the movie Cats, which the Washington Post recently dubbed the biggest disaster of this decade. That's a bad comparison with Cats there, Raphael. It, it really is. And the reason I made it is because, you know, the one thing that did happen with Cats, and maybe the one positive thing you can say about that movie, is that uh, Tom Hooper, who was the director, um, did take the unprecedented step of of actually changing the movie in response to some of the terrible reviews. And so what my hope is, is that legislators up in Albany will kind of, you know, actually take heed of the public that they're tasked with representing and, and make some much-needed changes to these Well, these I'm, my next guest is going to be is Walt Steyer, who's uh, written about uh, having been uh, tra when transgendered from a uh, man to a woman and back again. And uh, I only have about 45 seconds left, but one of the things, I have 30 seconds left, but I'll just throw this out at you. Elizabeth Warren said today that uh, America needs to stop putting transgender women into prisons with men. So, so he, she wants to put men who think they're women into prisons with women. So I, I'm out of time, but we'll talk about that down the road maybe. Thanks, Rafael. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you. That's Rafael Manguel. We'll be back to talk about that stupidity. Right after this, stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott.
President Trump says the Senate should simply dismiss the impeachment case against him. The House is poised to transmit the charges to the chamber for the trial. The Republican leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, has signed on to a plan to dismiss the charges, but does not have enough Senate support for it. Senator Cory Booker has entered his presidential campaign. In a message to supporters, the junior senator from New Jersey says he no longer sees a path for himself to the Democratic nomination. Technology companies led stocks higher today. The rally, which added to the market's gains from last week, came as investors looked ahead to the signing of an initial trade deal with China. The Dow gained 83 points today. The Nasdaq had a good day, a record close, up 95. And the S&P 500 forged ahead 22 points. This is SRN News. Here is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. And it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. And over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Jay Sekulow and friends explain the response from Iran. At the end of the day, if you fire 15 ballistic missiles at military bases and want to kill people, you can, generally. Uh, if you've made that decision, uh, they obviously made a decision that they were they didn't want to poke the giant too much. That they thought they had to do something in response to us killing uh, Qasem Soleimani. So what they did was fire missiles that didn't do anything. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, at AM 1250. The answer. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? Amid the chaos? Or is the best time, perhaps... Today, go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. The latest available cost numbers are in for the Port Authority of Allegheny County's bus service, and they remain wholly unflattering. Researchers at the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy say that should raise new concerns as the Mass Transit Agency embarks on its highly touted bus rapid transit project between Oakland and downtown Pittsburgh. Learn more about this topic and others at AlleghenyInstitute.org. This year, celebrating a quarter century of challenging conventional public policy thinking. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Licko Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Licko Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Licko Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway West, outbound, some heavy delays from Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. Inbound, that's all jammed up 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Parkway East outbound, that's backed up Bay Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound Edgewood Swissvale to the Tunnel Grant Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound Liberty Bridge seeing some delays. Parkway North is tied up outbound from Route 19 to Union Avenue. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
Partly to mostly cloudy tonight, low 33. Cloudy with a shower around 4 Tuesday, high 55. Tuesday night, clouds breaking with some fog late, low 33. Patchy fog to start Wednesday, otherwise clouds and sun with a high 50. Thursday, cloudy, breezy, and colder with a high 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, we spent our last uh, segment talking about uh, some reforms for uh, involved prisons and getting people out of bail, out on bail up in New York City, up in New York State, actually, and in New Jersey. And um, I, as part of that, I, I found this little story that I, our next uh, guest, I think, will be interested in. The headline for which, uh, from the Federalist today, is Elizabeth Warren, colon, let's put men in women's prisons. And the quote from Elizabeth is, we have to stop putting trans women who are incarcerated into prisons with men where they are at risk. It is our responsibility. Well, Walt Heyer is a, uh, as an author and a public speaker, and he has a website to help people who uh, have transitioned or thought they transitioned from one gender to the other, one sex to the other, and helps them make the uh, make the the change back. And he joins us now. Walt, thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So, uh, just so everybody understands, we've had you on a couple of times, and uh, you're my go to guy on this subject um, because yeah. you you lived it. Could you just give us a quick summary of of what happened with you and why you are such a strong uh, opponent or against this transgender explosion? Sure. Yeah, I started out as a four-year-old trans kid. I'm 79 years old, so I've been at this one way or the other for 75 years. I lived as Laura Jensen, female, and worked for the federal government, FDIC, and for the Postal Service. So I've got a lot of background, a lot of personal history with it. And uh, nobody changes from one gender to the other. That's all a total myth. Uh, it's it's Halloween makeup is all it is. Uh, nobody, no man ever becomes a woman, and no woman becomes a man. Well, it's interesting because just today I saw a story from uh, NBC dot com, I think NBC News website anyway, and it was a story about how painful it is for men who have periods. Um, and how they how they're supposed to deal with it, and you know the thing is this thing appears online and uh, or wherever else it appears, and it's written with a straight face, and it's expected mm-hmm. to be read with a straight face and discussed with a straight face, and I I I looked at it and I thought you know five it's interesting because then I saw your piece where you you mentioned five years I get to that in a second but I read this thing about the the men having their periods and I thought. You know, five years ago, there's no way you would have seen this. And if you did, people would have fallen out of their chairs laughing at it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's happened so fast that that stuff is just taken so seriously now that it's not only taken seriously, but if you, not meaning you, but if a person makes fun of it or questions it, there's something wrong with you if you question it. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, and it, but so then your headline, the piece that I saw here today, I don't know if you wrote it today, but it's a recent piece yeah. uh, um, at yeah. The Federalist. In the past five years, the transgender explosion has wounded more and more people. So you picked the number five years. Why? Well, I just did my first article five years ago and, and published it. Um, and so I've, I've been publishing articles. I've done about 60 of them now. So, uh, But, you know, uh, men don't have periods. These are women who dress up like men and identify as men. Uh, they, they have female genitalia. They, or they've cut their breasts off. They're women. And so men do not have periods. Women who claim to be men have periods. And uh, so, uh, you know, this is, to me, is so ridiculous. I'm sorry if you're offended by that, but this is what five-year-old kids do they they make believe about who they are whether they're a fireman or they're this or they're that and we're doing this in adulthood now and expecting people to believe they actually changed when it's biologically scientifically and any other way totally impossible to change a man into a woman or a woman into a man you can make them look like it you can get a woman to grow a beard and get a low voice and they look very authentic they're just biologically they're not correct and that's why 
um, you know, these men are having periods because they're still women. And um, you say in your piece, what's changed is the explosion in the number of children and adolescents diagnosed with gender dysphoria. But the key thing here to me is that you call it the tight stranglehold, excluding other treatment options. So if a parent um, finds their kid leaning toward this or they start to worry that their kid has an issue with this, instead of getting help, they're getting encouragement to, to, yeah, to, to keep doing it. That's exactly right. You know, anybody who comes out and says, well, you know, this I've had this actually happen where the child was sexually abused and they tell the, the therapist who's a trans activist therapist, the therapist says, I don't care if the child wants to change genders, we'll change them. The problem is that sexual abuse is a prime component in people not liking who they are and causing them to have a dissociative disorder which is totally treatable without undergoing hormones and surgery. So we have a lot of people today coming out who have what we call comorbid disorders. There's things like body dysmorphia, dissociative disorder, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, separation anxiety. And for the men who've been married to women, they're suffering from autogynephilia and transvestic fetishes. In other words, these men who dress up like women, they actually fall in love with themselves at what they see in the mirror and that becomes the object of their inf- uh, their affection they actually get sexually aroused by seeing themselves dressed up as a woman so you know this whole thing is just um crazy nonsense nobody wants to dig in and actually identify what's causing these people to dress up like the the drag queens are primarily just homosexual men they don't even go through the surgery most of them they might get breast implants or something but they still have all the uh, tools that a man has, and they run around um, dressed up like women, and they call themselves drag queens. They're not even transgender. So the fact of the matter is most of these people aren't transgender. They're suffering from comorbid disorders that I've mentioned before. And many of the men who've been married who come out later in life who claim to be transgender are actually suffering from transvestic fetishes and autogynephilia and, and a lot of other things as well. So... Um, you know, we've been bamboozled by the press um, and the gender clinics that I wrote in that article are actually ruining kids' lives. I used to, you know, a few years back, seven or eight years ago, I never had anybody under 30 or 40 contacting me saying they regretted it. Now I'm getting getting them at 18, 19, 20, and 21. I had a rash of them uh, contact me. Who they As soon as they're 18, they go to the gender clinic, they get hormones, they change their gender at 19, they regret it at 20. They regret it, whatever. The men and women both. I just had a young boy uh, at 15. The parents put him on hormones. At 18, he had the full run of surgery, changed to all this genitalia. At 19, he regrets it, and he wants his body parts back. Wow. Now, um, and the thing <laughs> is, the thing that really bothers me about it is that um, what you just said, and you're doing it based on firsthand experience. You went through it yourself. Yeah. That you you are not I mean you're just not allowed to say that uh, in the media. You if 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 you're a politician and you say that, you're you're called a trend. You're tra- you're you're accused of being transphobic. You're you're a bigot. You are um, you're you don't believe in science. It's just so accepted now that I, it's really scary for me to think about a parent with a with a a, a young teenage uh, kid who's going through mm-hmm. this, and and if they think it's ridiculous, they're not allowed to think it's ridiculous. Other people will accuse them of being bad parents if they don't encourage it and make it happen. Well, uh, this is the problem with them controlling what you say. Uh, we can't even have a, a decent discussion or a debate about it. They just shut you up, and like you said, they'll call you different. They call me a lot of names. I I actually take pride in the fact that they call me all the names, and I, I actually realize I'm I'm over the target, and I've got it right when they start calling me names, and I know I'm spot on. So I'm going to stay right there telling the truth. Uh, these men that claim to be having periods are just women, and the men who go into prisons uh, or women who go into the women's prisons should be in the men's prisons. I don't care how uncomfortable they are. They swear they belong. Um, so, you know, this stuff is uh, we've got to come up with a way to um, 
be able to raise a good argument about it and not fall prey to sort of uh, buying into this absolute idiocy that people can change their gender through hormones and surgery. It's totally cosmetic. The surgery is cosmetic. doesn't change anything. Nope. I, I work with these people every single day. I've worked with hundreds of people. And my book, Trans Life Survivors, is a book anybody who's interested in really should read because it has the stories and has the research. And, you know, this actually, this whole movement was started by three men. All of them were pedophile activists. They thought it would be really exciting to have boys look like girls. And they started giving them hormones and trying to change their gender because they, uh, that made them more attractive to pedophiles. Well, and 16 states, according to your piece, uh, and many cities have actually made it against the law to counsel someone, a kid, who uh, is thinking about, who has, uh, trying to explore the cause of gender distress, you say here. Right, yeah. <clears throat> See, they don't want people to explore it because they'll find out that they don't need the hormones and they don't need the surgery, that they actually need psychotherapy. And, and or they'll find out that they were sexually abused, emotionally abused, psychologically abused. I, you know, these are, these are people who eventually find this out when they contact me and say, I regret this. Walt, can you help me? I get them into psychotherapy, and then they write me back after they've had psychotherapy, and they say, uh, <clears throat> you know, I never needed the hormones. I never needed the surgery. I just needed some good, effective psychotherapy. <clears throat> and I got it too late. Uh, so their body parts are gone, and the gender clinics are not going to put all the parts back that they took off. Um, you know, their lives, many of them are ruined, and, and especially the young people who want to get married. And here's the strange thing. About 90 to 95% of the people I work with who were in men who were transgender aren't homosexual. So many people think that they're all homosexual. These are heterosexual men, largely with sexual fetish disorders, psychological and emotional disorders they're not even homosexuals wow um and you have a story here about a doctor at the university of louisville who lost his position because he stated the need for medical professionals to ask why yeah yeah he all he was stating was you know what we need to do is when these children come in and say you know i i feel like i'm a girl What's appropriate, he was saying, was for us to sit down and say, well, where did you come up with this idea? Did you find it in a book? Did you see it on television? Did someone encourage you in this? Uh, and, and that, they say, was something that was justifiable in terminating him because he mentioned that we should start exploring where the idea came from. And he was terminated. And the guy not only is a psychiatric doctor, a psychologist, he's one of the premier pediatrician doctors in the country yeah um and i know that if i mean well everything you say makes total sense obviously but it's just not possible to say that in public um without having the majority of the people now think that there's something wrong with you well, you know, what's funny is I get a lot of uh, emails. People write me and say, well, keep up, keep up the good work and the courage. Uh, all I got to say is I'm 79 years old. I got one foot in the boat and one foot on the dock and the boat's about to leave. So we better bring up some more. We better bring up some more people to carry this uh, good news on because nobody needs there, there's nobody needs to undergo hormone therapy and surgery because they feel like they're a different gender. This thing is totally out of control. Let me tell you one last thing. That Dr. Charles L. Illenfeld at the very first gender clinic in New York, it was run by one of the premier guys in this. Dr. Illenfeld was a homosexual advocate for gender change, and he worked at the clinic for six years, and he helped transition 500 men to women. Oh, wow. And at the, at the end of six years, he said, I'm leaving the practice. I'm not going to give them hormones anymore. They need a psychiatrist. I'm going into psychiatry. I've seen too much harm done by the surgeries, and I've seen too many people commit suicide after undergoing the surgery. That guy was a homosexual activist working in a clinic saying the very same thing I said, and he said that, get this, in 1979. Wow, and I, I, I got a feeling that that guy's not going to get a lot of publicity. No, in fact, he was sued. 
No, I, have, I only have about a minute left, Walt. And uh, if what do you have to say to parents or anybody who has a relative or a friend who might have a, uh, a kid going through this? What would you advise them to do and maybe more importantly not to do? Yeah, the one thing I wouldn't do is take them to a gender clinic or a gender specialist. I would find a good faith-based um, child psychologist um, and uh, have them explore what is causing the young child to feel this way. And if, if you, I have done this. If you spend enough time with them, the child will disclose where they learned about this activity. It could be from a sibling. It could be from an uncle, an aunt. I learned from my grandmother. Uh, it could be somebody in the house. Typically, it's not the parents doing it, although sometimes that happens. So it, it really need to find out what is causing them to think that they're a different gender, whether it's a book, TV. You got to watch what TV shows. You got to watch what they're doing with the computer. Um, and you will discover where this came about because they're not born that way. That's what you need to know. Well, Walt, I always ap- appreciate having you on, and uh, I'm sure I'm going to be calling you again because this stuff keeps popping up, and it drives me nuts. I just think it's in total insanity, and the thing that bothers me the <laughs> most is that you're not allowed to say so. That's that's the Well, that's it, and then the kids that are being ruined by this, uh, they're getting younger and younger, and we've got to stop this nonsense. Walt, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again. My, my pleasure. All right, that's Walt Heyer. We'll be right back. blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Shopping online this holiday season? Finding the perfect gift from your computer, tablet, or smartphone is a breeze. Just a few taps, and you're done. But all that online shopping? It could expose your personal information and leave you potentially vulnerable to identity theft. And you may miss certain identity threats by just monitoring your credit. Like someone selling your info on the dark web, or taking an online payday loan in your name. Good thing there's LifeLock. They monitor your personal information, and if you have a problem with identity theft... They work to fix it. Of course, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock offers something that's perfect for the holidays and beyond. Not having to worry if identity theft happens to you. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com and use promo code SMART. That's promo code SMART at LifeLock.com to save 25% off. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. I'm Andy Solomon. T-Mobile has launched the country's first and only nationwide 5G network covering more than 5,000 cities and towns all across the country. Here's Senior Vice President of Network Engineering and Development, Mark McDermott. 
This launch immediately catapults T-Mobile into position as the country's biggest 5G network, covering more than 1 million square miles beyond the big cities to the small towns, and that's just the start. And now available are two new 5G superphones that can access nationwide 5G, the exclusive OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren and the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G. And we'll be able to supercharge the 5G network with more speed and capacity if the pending merger with Sprint closes. This holiday season, get a great deal on a 5G phone at T-Mobile. For more information, visit T-Mobile.com. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, I'm going to give you a little plug for what I have on tomorrow. We will have uh, Cheryl Atkinson on. Uh, she will be on at, uh, I'm not sure, either 5.15 or 5.30. I'll decide tomorrow. But um, she is a uh, she is suing Rod Rosenstein and uh, several other current and former Justice Department officials, DOJ officials. She says that they spied on her computers and phones uh, when they were working for the Obama administration and looking for, it was a part of uh, the Obama administration's war on leaks and she is no, uh, she's not someone to mess with. She's uh, not giving up, and uh, should be interesting discussion. Uh, and I hope uh, their suit. Uh, she, she, I hope her suit goes forward, and she has some success. Um, also, one quick thing: uh, Bill Cowher making it into the Hall of Football Hall of Fame. Talked about it last night on the Final Word on Channel Eleven a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to rain on his parade. I think it's a great accomplishment. Uh, he's a kid from Crafton. To uh, replace somebody like Chuck Knoll and go from that to the Hall of Fame, it's pretty amazing. Um, I don't know that I would uh, have voted for him. Uh, I think he was. I thought he was a really good coach, but not necessarily a great one. But um, I guess I just did rain on his parade a little bit. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there. But also, if he's in, Mike Tomlin has to go in also because I think they are tied for the second best coach in Steelers history. Cheryl Atkinson tomorrow, and who knows what else. Anything and everything right here. John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.